Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're thankful, just shout, I'm thankful. Today I want to talk to you about being thankful. I was wondering, are there any thankful people in this second service today? Listen, I'm still going to be preaching tonight. I'm preaching at NSB. I'm preaching at our new Smyrna Beach campus, but I'm glad to be preaching right here, right now. You know, this Thursday is Thanksgiving for our nation. It's a day of Thanksgiving, but if you're like me, you don't need a special day to be thankful. When you think about the goodness of Jesus, you can be thankful every day. Let me ask you, do you have anything to be thankful for? Let me hear from the thankful people. Can you count your blessings? Today I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving. We're looking at Luke 17. It said, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, verse 11, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, somebody say one. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, hmm, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise and go your way. Your faith has made you, King James Version says, whole. Now, Look at verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed. I'm going to preach for a few minutes along these lines. I'm the one. There was only 10. There were 10 lepers, but only one made it back to say thank you. Tell your neighbor, I'm the one. Yeah, yeah. If nobody else can thank the Lord, I can thank him. If nobody else on your row can give God glory, tell your neighbor, I'm the one. Yeah, yeah. People around you don't understand where the Lord has brought you from. Tell your neighbor, I'm the one. Yeah, baby, you can come to church and be cute, but I'm the one. I have to clap my hands. I have to lift my voice. I have to say thank you. I'm the one. I know my own story. I'm the one. Father, we slip up our hands now, and we just ask you to send the anointing that makes preaching easy. Awaken gratitude in this room. Let each one of us know. Let each one of us have a revelation that we are the one in Jesus' name. Before you sit down, tell three or four people, I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. That's why I can't come to church and be cute. I'm the one. I'm the one who has to come back and say, thank you, Jesus. Are there any Jesus thankers in the house today? This is such a beautiful story to me here recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus has been ministering between the border regions here of Samaria and Judea. 
and he's actually here now, don't miss this, on his final trip to Jerusalem, his crucifixion is looming on the horizon. And he comes to the outskirts of a village, and there he finds ten lepers wasting away on the town dump because that was the plight of a leper. If you had leprosy, you were not allowed to live within the city, and you lived on the town garbage dump. And this is so incredible to me. I want you to listen to how this story unfolds. The Bible said there were 10 lepers who stood afar off. Now don't miss that because that is significant. Jesus is a rabbi. He's a teacher. And in the eyes of the lepers that he encountered, Jesus is a very religious man. And these lepers knew better than to approach religion with their problems. Religion had already let them down. Religion had already counted them out. Religion had already rejected them. And they knew that they would not have been welcome around religion with their issues. See, I need to tell somebody today, religion by itself is a dangerous thing. When religion is hateful, it's dangerous. When religion becomes racist, it's dangerous. When religion is exclusive and judgmental, it is no longer a tool of the Lord. It is a tool of the devil. The Bible said that these men stood afar off. How many times has religion caused the unclean to stand afar off? How many times have people needed to come to the house of the Lord, needed to have an encounter with Jesus, but the religion in the room, the religion that was in the house, caused them to stand afar off. The last thing that I want to cultivate in this house and in this place is the spirit of religion. That spirit that makes the unfit feel unclean and unaccepted and less than. That spirit that says you're not good enough, you're not this enough, or you're not that enough. You can't come here with your blemish. You're not welcome with your struggles. You've got too many sins. Your problems are are too great but I'm so glad to be in a church today where at least a few of us still believe that it doesn't matter what anybody's dealing with they are welcome in the house of the Lord Oh, I don't want to go to a church where people are just like me. See, so many people want to go to church where everybody is exactly like them. And they're cool with people as you can come any way you are as long as you are like me. As long as you look like me, as long as you have my same complexion, as long as you have my same values, you got to be exactly like me. You can't have issues, problems, or predicaments that you're facing. But I believe today that there are some people in this room who want to let anyone know, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what your struggle is, Jesus is here to strangle your struggle. 
it doesn't matter how deep the mess is. It doesn't matter how deep down in the pit you are. The Bible said he brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock. If you come to Calvary long enough, get ready to see some jacked up, messed up, struggling people coming to the house of the Lord because our philosophy is like our Savior's. Jesus said, come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm telling you today, I don't care what your issue is, I got an answer for you. If you're unclean, you don't have to stand afar off. Come burdened, come messed up, come addicted, come heavy laden, come sexually confused. I'll take you in a way I can get you. Come bound up, come bruised, come beaten, come addicted, come as an alcoholic, come as a crack addict. I don't care how you come, just come. Because if you come in the room, there is a man named Jesus. He is a liberator. He is a soul saver. He is a mind blower. He'll take your broken world and put it back together again. He'll straighten out your crooked ways. He'll get you free and delivered. Is there anybody that can say, I don't care what their issue is, they are welcome at Calvary today. Now look at verse 13. The Bible says that these lepers lifted up their voices to Jesus and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now did you get that? I don't want you to miss this because this is so significant. They called him master. And when they called him master, this is a very powerful thing because master means one who is appointed over. It means teacher. And one of the reasons that so many don't break through to Christ is because they're willing to un uh, they're unwilling to embrace him as master. See, see, here's the deal. When we call him master, we're saying to him, Lord, you are over my life and you are my teacher. Now, don't get it been. I'll never call you master. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'll never call another man master, but I don't mind calling Jesus my authority and my teacher. Can I get a witness? There ain't a man on earth that I'll ever bow down and say master to, but I'll bow down at Jesus and I'll say, you're the savior, the healer. You're my king, my Lord, and my master. These men said master because they knew that they needed the Lord. Hear me in this place. He's the one over me. He's my Lord, my God, my God, my King. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, now listen. They cried out for mercy to Jesus because they had confidence that he had it to give. See, if you're going to come to somebody and ask them for something, you better make sure they have it before you ask it. See, you, you, you better make sure if you're asking for it. I'm not going to ask you for money if I know you're broke. Where you at? I'm not going to ask you for something. I'm, gonna ask, I'm not going to ask you for food if you don't have nothing to eat. But if I have confidence that you have what I'm asking you for, I ask with the confidence that you will give it to me. These men asked for it from the one who had it. I asked for healing from Jesus because I know he has healing to give. I asked him to save me because I knew that he could. I asked him for joy because I know he can give me joy. I asked him for blessing because I know that he'll give me blessing. They said, have mercy on us, Lord. Look at us in our uncleanness, in our defilement. And here's why I love Jesus so much. He didn't act like they were a bother. 
come on, Jesus wasn't too bougie for them, like Robert Madu said. He didn't act like they were inconvenienced. He didn't act like they were unfit or unworthy. See, I worry, I worry a lot about preachers who love crowds, but they hate people. Where y'all at? I worry about pastors who stands up and they love the crowds and they hate the people. Let me tell you something. You better never hate people because Jesus didn't die for crowds. He died for people. I worry about shepherds who get too good for their people. Real shepherds are going to smell like sheep. Y'all don't make me preach. I don't want to. I don't want to be underneath a shepherd that doesn't smell like sheep. A real shepherd to get down in the nitty gritty with you and tell you, you know what? I'm right with you. The devil can't have your family. He can't have your children, and you will not die in this affliction. But you will be raised up to honor and glorify God. I love Jesus that He got right down in the trouble with them. I don't know about you, but I'm glad for a Jesus that'll get right in my mess with me. Some of y'all say, oh, don't, don't, don't treat him like that. Make him unapproachable. Make him distant. Make him so supernatural that he would never be able to come down. But see, I can't do it like that. I got to have a God that will come down in my mess and bring his miracle working power. Is there anybody glad for a Jesus that came to you when you couldn't get to him? What did Jesus do? Number one, he noticed their disfigurement. In other words, he didn't turn a blinded eye to them. He had heavenly perception. And as believers, y'all, we need heavenly perception. I don't want to be a part of a gathering of people that don't have heavenly perception. I don't want a church that is religious but does not have heavenly perception. What do we do for orphans? Because we have heavenly perception. Why did we send almost $75,000 to the panhandle? Because we have heavenly perception. Why did we bring 150 in in first service on buses to give homeless folks new underwear and new socks and a good hot meal and a change of clothes? Because we have heavenly perception. Religion will look down its nose and say, you know what, you're too defiled, you're too messed up, you're too jacked up. But when you understand who Jesus is and the power that Jesus has, you'll notice their disfigurement. See, you can act cute if you want to, but America's got problems. Our young people have problems, our old people have problems, and our middle-aged people have problems. We used to just say that young generation. Let me tell you, every generation's jacked up. Can I get a witness in the house? But the reality is there is still a name that is high above every name. And if you come to Jesus, he'll fix it. That's why Calvary will never ignore the poor. We'll never ignore the needy. We'll never ignore the orphan. We'll never ignore the widow. We'll never ignore the lost. We'll always feed the homeless. We'll always make a way because I'm telling you there is an answer his name is Jesus I want him to shine out of this house Jesus noticed their disfigurement he also noticed their affliction what does that mean that means he felt their pain don't get so far removed from people that you can't feel empathy when they struggle Jesus empathized with them hear me in this room then he had mercy on them 
They were the nobodies in Jewish religious society. They were rejects, social and religious rejects. But Jesus looked beyond their fault and saw their need and had mercy on them. Jesus created a Bethesda right then and there on that town garbage dump. May this house, may this ministry be a Bethesda. Remember Bethesda in the Bible was the place of the five pools. It was the place where when the angel came and troubled the water the first one that fell in that pool or got in that pool that invalid person was healed and made whole anytime that angel troubled the water the sick and afflicted would race to try to get in that pool and the first one who got there they were healed at that Bethesda at that house of mercy I'm telling you I want this church to be a Bethesda I want this church to be a house of mercy, and I want the Holy Spirit to come and trouble the waters, trouble the waters in this church. I want him to come and move. I want there to be a shifting. I want there to be a touch of God in this house. I have no intention of ever pastoring a religious church that is prideful in who they are and in their denomination. I have no intention of pastoring a church that is 55 minutes long where you come in and go out the same way that you came in and went out. But I want a Bethesda. I want a church where the Holy Ghost can come and trouble the waters. Trouble the waters till my children get saved. Trouble the waters till my family gets restored. Trouble the waters till my marriage gets put back together. Trouble the waters till my addiction breaks. How many of you want to be in a Bethesda? Make a little noise if you want to be in a house of mercy. Good Lord Almighty, thank you, Jesus. Now, now here's what happened. The Bible said in Luke 17, 14, the Bible says that Jesus, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. In other words, he said, don't be quiet about it. He said, go show yourself. See, here's the truth. God has been so good to him. Now, I ain't talking about your neighbor. I'm talking about you. God has been so good to you, you ought to be willing to show yourself for him. Huh. See, the priest represented religion, and it was like Jesus was saying, I want you to go show yourself. I want you to show those religious windbags what a real God can do. See, I want you to I want you to go show those religious windbags what a real God can do. I don't know about you, but I want to know what a real God can do. A real God will put your world back together again. A real God will get you off a crack. A real God will straighten out your sexuality. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. A real God will get you out of that woman's bed. A real God will get you... A real, you can't bind the devil on Sunday and sleep with him on Friday. A real God will straighten you out. I, ain't nobody shouting now. A real God will turn your world around. I'm ready for the world to see what a real God can do. If you want a real God, why don't you give him some real praise right now?
the Bible said that they went and showed themselves to the priest. As good as God has been to you, you ought not have any trouble showing yourself. You ought not be, you ought not have any trouble giving God praise. Hallelujah. I tell you, why don't you show yourself right now? Why don't you go ahead and praise him like you don't even care who knows? Praise him like you don't even care who knows where you came from. Like you don't even care what they say about you, clap. Like you could care less what they say about you, shout You've been so good to me, Lord. Show those religious windbags what a real God could do. Now, now watch this. The priests were the health inspectors of the day. In other words, they looked everyone over. They checked out their blemishes and decided who was acceptable and not acceptable, who was clean and not clean. And they were the health inspectors. <laughs> they, are, they judged. They were, they were Pharisees. How many of y'all know we still got plenty of them in the church? Oh, they're not in your row, but they're sitting behind you. Look behind you. Yeah, that's it. That's him. They, 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 they try to tell you who's worthy, who's not worthy, who ought to be here, who ought not ought, be, ought to be here, who's got too many issues. I know her. She was a hoochie in high school. You was a hoochie too. Come on, somebody. I know him. He had issues, and we sit around and judge each other. We have that Pharisee spirit. But the good news is you're at Calvary, and I regularly perform pharisectomies. Hallelujah. I believe that when you know how good God has been to you, that you're not going to judge anybody. But you're going to be grateful for the goodness and the hand of the Lord in your life. Hear me in this house. Now, the Bible says here, this is what is so powerful. The Bible said, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, this is incredibly profound and mighty to me because the Bible says, as they went, Somebody say, as they went. See, the truth is, their obedience brought their breakthrough. But as they went, it was like while they were walking, God was healing them. It wasn't like they were healed instantaneously, but there was something about the journey, and on the journey, they were healed. See, see, hear me in this room. It was something about being obedient to the Lord that they were healed as they went. But you listen to me now. It may not look good at this moment. And you may be here today, and it may not look exactly like you want it to look. But if you will go in faith, if you will go on the Word, if you will go on what God has said, maybe you don't have the breakthrough yet. Maybe you don't have the resources yet. Maybe you don't have the money yet. Maybe you don't have the connections yet. Maybe you don't have the job yet. But as you go, God is able to heal you. That's why you need to worship while you're walking. That's why you need to praise in the process. Sometimes you got to shout in shackles. Sometimes you got to dance in a dilemma. Sometimes you got to lift him up, broke, busted, and disgusted. But knowing that as I go, God 
is making a way. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but somebody is going to receive an as-you-go miracle. You're waiting for everything to be perfect before you praise him, but God said if you'll praise me as you go, while you're walking, I'm working. Anybody can praise him when you got it all together, but when you're in the process and you say, God, I'm still going to clap like you're good and like it's already done. Push your neighbor and say, as you go, as you go, as you go, you're going to be healed. As you go, you're going to be blessed. Don't make me throw my boot at y'all. I said, as you go, you're going to be blessed. You'll watch. God's already in March making a way out of no way. He's already in February moving what you can't move. And just get to it, baby. You're going you're gonna to stumble up into December and say, look what the Lord has done. Y'all, y'all, y'all. I've felt like preaching all day long, and I still feel that in my spirit. Go on the Word. Then and only then will you sometimes see your miracle. When you go on the Word, when you go and you don't even feel like anything is happening, but you're going on the Word as you go. Tell your neighbor as you go. Now, now, now here's the deal. I was thinking about the fact that 10 received healing but only nine made it back. I mean, only one made it back. 10 received healing, but only one made it back. What on earth happened to the other nine? Those nine, they were nine turkeys. They weren't just turkeys, come on 70s, 80 people, they were jive turkeys. Can I get a witness? How many of y'all ever heard about the jive turkey? These jive turkeys did not go back. Nine turkeys. And I was thinking, what would keep these turkeys from being thankful? Because the truth is, only turkeys forget to be thankful. Come on, what are, what are turkeys? Turkeys gobble. You don't need to be a turkey at Thanksgiving. Turkeys gobble. They gobble up joy. They gobble up peace. They gobble up they gobble up faith. Some of y'all been being turkeys. You need to stop all that gobbling. Hallelujah. Some of y'all been chickens. You need to stop being chickens. You need to be an eagle. I told y'all a long time ago, chickens fry, but eagles fly. Hallelujah. What would stop these nine turkeys from being thankful? And I was just, I was just thinking. Now you got to bear with me. I know many of you are so much deeper in your eschatology than me. You're homiletically, hermeneutically, exegetically, theologically, and theoretically. You're, you're, you're more deep than I am. <laughs> Come on now. I went, I went to cemetery. I mean seminary. Come on, somebody, and learn how to say God. Some of y'all say God, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're so deep. Come on. Some of y'all are so deep, you're just so deep, you got more degrees than a thermometer. But if you'll just bear with me, I want to break it right down into real life. What would stop these nine jive turkeys? Push your name and say jive turkeys. What would stop these nine turkeys from coming back to say thank you? Because see, unthankful people don't see the goodness and breakthrough in fullness that God has for them. So I was thinking about that, and I'm just guessing here. Don't judge me now. Now, the first guy, I believe maybe he was too busy. 
He was too busy to come back. Now that he'd been cleansed, he had too much he wanted to do. I've been out there on that town garbage dump. I've been going through all this trouble. I'm just too busy. I got some stuff now that I'm finally cleansed and healed. I, I want to get back and get some stuff done. My yard is a mess. I got some things I need to do. I need to wash my camel. I... I hadn't washed my camel in months, maybe over a year, but now I'm just too busy. I, I can't go back because I'm too busy. Let me tell you something. If you're too busy to thank God, you're too busy. If you're too busy to give God glory, you're just too busy. If you're too busy to ever come to the house of the Lord, you're just too busy. If you're too busy to clap your hands, you're too busy. If you're too busy to worship the Lord, you're just too busy. Ain't nobody that busy, including you. Don't get so busy that your busyness draws you away from the presence of God. Don't get so busy that you get so busy that you're so busy you're being busy that you can't even stop and get down to the real business of giving the one praise that brought you out of the mess you were in to start off with. Tell your neighbor, don't get too busy. If you're too busy to give God glory, you're too busy. Is there anybody here that's thankful and you're not too busy to stop right now and thank the Lord? I want all the folk that's got a minute to thank him, thank him right now in the name of Jesus. Well, what about the second guy? I believe the second guy, maybe he wanted to return to his family. Well, I got to go back to my family. Hear me in this place. Be careful. Don't let anybody, even your family, get between you and God. Y'all know about family. There ain't nothing in the world like family. is great and sometimes they ain't. Let me tell you, if you're not careful, sometimes the people who have your last name will keep you from the presence of God and keep you from being thankful. They'll tell you it don't take all that church stuff. It don't take all that thankful stuff. It don't take all that giving stuff. It don't take all that serving God stuff. But I have made up in my mind that even if you my family, I'm not letting my family get between me and the house of the Lord and being thankful. I'll have to be thankful right in front of you. Some people, you got to be quiet about Jesus when you get around them. Some of your family, they don't like for you to talk about the Lord, but nobody knows how good God has been to you, so you got to say, I'm sorry, cousin, but I got to give God praise. I'm sorry, daughter, but I got to give God, I'm sorry, mother, but he brought me out and he's been, I dare you right now. I mean, you go, you go for Thanksgiving, you go for Christmas, they get mad because you're trying to pray and they drinking Jack Daniels and you say, no, I'm going to pass on that. They look at you like you lost your mind, but there comes a point where you got to say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to, See, the truth is, they don't mind damning him. They don't mind cussing around you. They don't mind bragging about what they did, when they did it, and who they did it with. But the Bible says, to let the redeemed of the Lord say so, I'll praise him even in front of my family. One, two, three, come on and give him a thanks right now. 
Well, how about the third guy? The third guy, he was consumed with finances. How about that? He had a job and he wanted to get back to it. He said, I got to make money. I got to succeed. See, don't let anything you're in pursuit of, especially money, get between you and giving God's thanks. Don't let it between, get between you and God's house. This man said, I, I, I got to make some money now. And I'm telling you, if money becomes your God, you are in trouble. I don't believe the Lord has problems with people being blessed, but when your money becomes your God, that's when you're in trouble. This man was too busy trying to make money, trying to make a career that he did not come back to give God the glory. I never, ever want to be more in love with the blessing than I am with the one who gave it to me. How about the fourth guy? The fourth guy, I believe he just didn't need Jesus anymore. He's cleansed now. He said, I'm all right now. I really don't need Jesus anymore. I got what I want from him. I really don't need him anymore. Listen, don't ever get so far along that you feel like you don't need Jesus anymore. Tell your neighbor, I still need him. Yeah, yeah, Jim Rayleigh, he's been serving God for 34 years. I've been preaching the gospel. I preached in little churches and big churches and everything in between. I'm not broke anymore, but I still need him. I got a couple nickels to rub together, but I still need him. I live in a very nice home, but I still need him. I got a car now, hallelujah, I still need him. I'm not maxed out on my credit cards, living week to week, but I still need him need him. Tell your neighbor, I still need him. See, people, they don't understand your praise. They don't understand that you still need him. Push your neighbor and say, I still need him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm preaching more than I ever have. I've seen God's blessings in my life more than I've ever seen it before. But we still need him, don't we, Don? We still got to have him, don't we, baby? I still need him. Don't praise him unless you still need him. Don't clap your hands unless you still need him. Don't dance unless you still need him. Don't shout unless you still need him. Don't tell him thank you unless you still need him. But tell your neighbor this is cause I still need him. I'm gonna praise him cause I still need him. Tell your neighbor I still need him. One, two, three, give the Lord a shout right now. I still need him. How about the fifth guy? Maybe the fifth guy was just too good now to hang around with that old nasty Samaritan. So he just stayed away. I had to be on that town garbage down with that Samaritan because the Samaritans were the religious rejects. They were the less stands in Jewish society. And this dude said, I, maybe he said, I just don't even want to hang out with that Samaritan anymore, so I'm just going to stay away. This is called a religious spirit. Now that he was cleansed, he didn't want to be around that messed up fella anymore. And the truth is, some folk can't come to Calvary because they're just a little too good to hang out with you. Yeah, yeah, you, I remember her. You know, she was a hoochie. She was, she was messed up. I knew what she was in high school. She was a hoochie. Don't be judging her. 
I know how jacked up he was. I know his problem. I can't be going to that church. There's too many jacked up people at that church. Too many messed up people at that church. I can't go there. Too many hypocrites up in that church. They got too much diversity up in that church. Got too many issues up in that church. Too many people with problems up in that church. Too many hypocrites. All them hypocrites. Go that you can kill. Don't go to Calvary. They got hypocrites. Them hypocrites on the stage. I saw them hypocrites. They had a hypocrite greeter. You say, what do you say about that? I say, don't worry about it. Come on in. One more won't hurt us. They too jacked up. What you got to say about that? One more jacked up person won't hurt us. One more person messed up won't hurt us. Let me tell you something. Don't you ever forget where God has brought you from. Some of y'all right now better hear me. Don't let anybody judge you based on where you came from. Let me tell you something. Maybe you ain't where you want to be right now, and I ain't where I want to be right now, but don't judge my whole story based on the chapter that you walked in on. Because the truth is, if you could see where I've already come from, you would understand why I gotta give God praise right now. Somebody, if you ain't all the way there, but you've gone far enough that you can praise Him, praise Him right now. How about the sixth guy? The sixth guy, maybe he was just too tired. I'm too tired. I'm t I can't go to church. I'm too tired. I can't come back and say thank you. I'm just too tired. People say, you know, Pastor, I was going to come to church. I was just too tired. Yeah, but you didn't have no trouble sitting up till 2 o'clock in the morning watching the television. Hellavision. You didn't have any troubles being at the club. Y'all ain't, I'm, I'm preaching so good. I'm gonna buy this CD, hallelujah. I'm gonna download it myself and fall out in the Holy Ghost. Come on, y'all. The truth is, when you love the Lord, you're going to make time for the Lord. You want to be there for him. This man was just too tired. How many of you are not too tired to give God praise right now? Come on, give him praise. How about this seventh guy? He didn't feel like he needed to go back. He decided the Samaritan could be thankful for both of them. See, you could just be thankful for me. You go ahead and praise him for me. But the reality is, you better get real, Lucille. Can't nobody thank God for you like you but you. You need to stop trying to let people around you give God praise, and you need to go ahead and give God praise yourself because you know how far you've come. If you can give God praise right now and you don't care who knows about it and you're not counting on anybody else to give God praise, you're gonna praise him. One, two, three, thank him right now. How about the eighth guy? Maybe the eighth guy had a woman. He had a woman and he was ready to get back to her. Oh, I, I'm gonna preach now. Be careful that you don't let a woman or a man get between you and God. Be careful that you don't let a woman or a man stand between what God has for you, your next level and your new dimension and your healing and your wholeness. 
Some of y'all say, well, Pastor, I did. I'm looking for a man. I need a man. I want a man that I can take care of, Pastor. I just need me a man that I can take care of. Let me tell you something. If you got a man you have to take care of, you ain't got a man. You got a boy. Because a real man will take care of you. A real man will bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan. A real man will take care of you. Stop looking for a boy. Get you a man. Get you a man that'll go to work. Get you a man that'll get a job. Get you a man that'll be there, y'all. Preach Pastor Rayleigh. Some of y'all, I got to give me a man. I want me a man. You hang, I got to have me a tough man. You, you got, you hanging out with some thug. Come on. He don't come to church, but I need me a real man. You got men all over this room. Good men who serve the Lord. And you're going to hang out with old plate throwing Steve. Come on, somebody. When you can find a man that would pray for you and lay hands on you. All Steve cares about is breast, legs, and thighs. Let me tell you, you don't need to take Steve home with you. If all he wants is breast, legs, and thighs, send that homeboy to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Don't take him home with you. Send him to Popeyes. That ain't a man. You need to find you a man that will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You trying to date you some girl on Facebook. She got all her business hanging out. I saw a girl this on Facebook last night. Let me tell you, she had all her business hanging out and the front of her thing said, I'm here to give God glory. No, you ain't. You here to be a big old hoochie. You need to take that off of your... Get a hold of yourself, and you Christian men, you need to block that girl in the name of Jesus. You're trying to bind the devil and sleep with her on Friday. That ain't going to work. I couldn't thank him because I had to get back to a woman. How about the ninth guy? The ninth guy, he just plain forgot. See, you're in trouble when you forget. You forget how good God has been to you. You forget you'll stop praying. You forget you'll stop reading your word. You forget you'll stop giving. You'll stop coming to church. We're so often like the nine. Come on, somebody. We forget. We get so accustomed to redemption and salvation and joy and peace that we forget to give thanks. But I'm just here to remind you. It's time to give thanks. Don't forget how good God has been to you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't forget how good God has been to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't all that long ago you were in sin. It wasn't all that long ago you were a mess and unclean. You were struggling. But I dare you to give God praise if he's been good to you. Ten of them were healed, but only one of them made it back. Ten of them were healed, but only one of them made it back. Tell your neighbors, say, I'm the one. Stand to your feet, everybody. Tell your neighbor, I'm the one. 
Yeah, yeah, if anybody is going to be loud, it might be me. If anybody dances, it might be me. If anybody shouts, it might be me. Because I'm the one. Tell your neighbor I'm the one. I'm the one he brought from a mighty long way. I'm the one. You might not want to be sitting by me if Thanksgiving makes you uncomfortable. I'm the one. I got to clap my hands. I got to shout unto God. I got to give him glory. Tell your neighbor I'm the one. I'm the one. Religion didn't stop that man from giving God thanks. That though the religious leaders couldn't have stopped him, he came back to Jesus and shouted with a loud voice. I dare you right now, one, two, three, give God a shout. Tell your neighbor, I'm the one. I'm the one. Look at your neighbor right in the eye. If they won't look you in the eye, then look them upside the head. Say, neighbor, you can just stand there if you want to, but I came out of a mess. I came out of struggle. I came out of problem. Excuse me. I'm the one. I'm the one. Give the Lord glory. Ask your neighbor, say, are you the one? Are you the one? One, two, three, shout unto God. Don't, don't, don't be afraid to give him thanks. See, here's the truth. Some people, you know, I get loud, I get rowdy, and it makes people's honey tight. You ever had your honey get tight in church? Pastor says something you don't like, you just draw right up. Jim Rayleigh, he's kind of kind of dated in his delivery. I wish he would sit on a stool. Why doesn't he just sit on a stool? Why does he holler at us? Because I'm the one. I don't like Rayleigh's shout. Well, Rayleigh ain't shouting for you. I don't like Rayleigh. He spits. Listen, it's Shamu and me. We got a splash area. Come on. Nine jive turkeys said we don't need to come back and thank you. But one came back and Jesus answering said were there not ten cleansed but where are the nine where are the nine at and the Bible says that they are not found that return to give God glory save this stranger verse 18 stay with me in the back and the Bible says and he said unto them unto him arise and go thy way watch this for your faith has made you whole now what's the difference 
to be cleansed is a beautiful thing. These lepers were cleansed. But if you know anything about leprosy, leprosy eats at the body the way sin eats at the soul. Leprosy will cost you. Sin will cost you. So I've been, I used to go with my dad in the Bahamas to a leper colony and minister. I was just a kid. My dad would go there and minister. And digits of fingers would be missing. Somebody's ear would be gone. Their nose completely gone. Literally, the leprosy had caused them to lose so much. So when these lepers obeyed the word, the Bible said they were cleansed. But yet when this one man comes back, he's not just cleansed, he's made whole. That means everything he lost, he got it back. His fingers grew back. His toes grew back. His ears grew back. His nose grew back. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't want to just be cleansed. I want everything back that my problem cost me. In the name of Jesus, God is able to make you whole. What opened up wholeness in his life was thanksgiving. Listen, thankful people can be made whole. Are there any thankful people in the house? If you're thankful, make a little noise in the room right now. I'm thankful. He knows my name. knows my name he knows my name he knows look at your neighbor and say hey neighbor say hey neighbor this is why I'm thankful this is why I'm thankful he knows my name come on knows my name that you raise your hands and say it he knows my name he knows my name and oh how he walks with me I wish I could find somebody Oh, how he talks with me. And oh, how he tells me that I am his own, that I am his own. Oh, how he walks with me, Jesus. Oh, how he 
talks with me Oh how he tells me that I am his own Now raise your hands and say dead in its tracks toes were gone but at least he was cleansed they were scarred but cleansed but they still had loss but not the tenth everything he lost came back I declare everything you lost is coming back in the name of Jesus with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in the room and you'd say, Pastor, there's some things in my life that alienate me from this God that you've been teaching about and preaching about this Jesus. And when you pray, Pastor Rayleigh, pray for me. There's things in my life that ought not be there. When you remember somebody, remember me. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hands. Pray for me, Pastor. One. Since you're praying anyway, Pastor, pray for me. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Two, Pastor, I could use a cleansing and wholeness. I've got things in my life that ought not be there. When you pray, Pastor, pray for me. Three, slip up your hand right now. Hands in every section. Hands in every section. I need to get some things under the blood. There's sin in my life. I want to leave here right with God. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. If you need to raise your hands, raise it now. Five, four, pray for me, Pastor. Three, two, one if you have your hand raised if somebody next to you has their hand raised i want you to move and make room for them to come to the front i'm going to pray with them right now if you raised your hand don't let nothing keep you in that seat this is your new beginning come on and be made whole come on and be made whole come on and be made whole from the back i want you to come from the balcony i want you to come you won't come by yourself come on come on come on it's time for your new beginning it's time for your fresh start Hallelujah. Oh, look what the Lord is doing in this room. Line up right across the front. Come on, line up right across the front. I don't want anybody to leave just for a moment. I want you to stay right where you are because if you're in too big of a hurry, if you can't just wait for this moment to happen for these precious people, bless you, honey, for coming. Anybody else? Come on, sir. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting. Whole families are coming. Come on. I said whole families are coming. Whole families are coming. I want everybody to take your hand and put it on your heart right now. 
And I want you to pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. That you see me. That you see me. Right where I am. Right where I am. I'm struggling. And I need you. Forgive me. For all my sins. Anything that keeps me from you. I don't want it in my life. I need a new beginning. I'm asking you, Lord. Don't just cleanse me. Make me whole. Make me whole. Lord, I can't speak for everybody else. I can't speak for everybody else. But I can speak for myself. Thank you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for a new beginning. Listen, I want all of you that just prayed this prayer, I want to pray for you right over here. I want you to come and follow my sister right there. Everybody turn and go right this way. I want you to clap as they go. I'm going to meet you. We're going to meet you right over here. Come on. You can do a little bit better than that. Come on and clap. We've had scores of people that have came to Jesus today. My, 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 look at this. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Pastor Troy said the other day we were on a treat. He said, never let this get old. How many of you are glad to be in a church where this happens on a regular basis? Nobody leave. Pastor Josh is going to come and close. Let me just remind you that on December the 3rd or 5th, first Wednesday, I'm making an announcement that's going to blow your mind. You need to come out and be a part of that. It's going to be our, I believe that'll be our best first Wednesday of all the year. Come out. I want my whole church to be here to hear that announcement. Second thing, if you're a guest and I've never met you, I've got to go preach at New Smyrna Beach in just a little while. But before I go, I want to stop by back in the back and I'd love to shake your hand. I'd love to meet you because we just are so glad that you're here. Now listen, while you're eating the turkey, who's going to eat turkey? Yeah, we're not eating stuffing at my house. We don't stuff nothing. We eat dressing. With gravy, giblet gravy, and we eat, we eat greens. With ham hock up in it. And you make it find some red velvet cake. Some of y'all gonna have some neck bone up in there. Y'all don't, don't get all, some of y'all are country. Some of y'all gonna be having stuffing. You come to the Rayleigh's, we gonna be eating dressing. But here's the deal. While you're eating the turkey, tell your neighbor, don't forget about the lamb. Amen. Give the Lord a big praise. Come on, son, close us out. Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message.